Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing good, or doing well, I guess I should say. Um, we uh, we want to start off this morning with a verse of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 1 uh, is where we're going to read a, a section of Scripture. And it's always like, I, I tell the youth group this every time we're reading a little bit of Scripture that, you know, when you're hearing it read, your mind can kind of wander, and that's, I totally get that. But I just, I, if at all possible, I want us to just kind of like just soak this this uh, this passage in. Because I think it's so valuable, and what the author is getting at is so helpful to frame up our, the entirety of our relationship with God. I mean, I know that sounds like a lot, but it's so important to know the key components that he's about to pray for are, are vital to our relationship with God. And, and that tells us something about the nature of our relationship. So we're going to start Colossians chapter 1, just going to read three verses, 9 through 11, uh, and it's this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, and this is Paul writing to this, this group of people that he's, he's not met, but he's, he's excited to hear that their faith is just like gung-ho. They're really on fire. We have not stopped praying for you. You guys are doing awesome. Therefore, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his, of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. That's the goal. That's the, 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 the pinnacle. That's what we're shooting for is like to, to, to live a life that God looks at us and is like, hey, this guy's got it. This guy's working it out. This guy, this girl. And then he goes on to say, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have, and this is key, that you may have great endurance and patience. That you may have great endurance and patience. And what this tells us about the nature of our relationship with God is that it is going to require great endurance and patience. And I feel like when I read a passage like that, I'm like, oh man, I'm already kind of like working uh, uphill here because the patience piece of this is not necessarily like in my DNA. I just feel like, you know, I've told you this before, but I'll be walking into the store and I am out of the car, door shut, halfway through the parking lot and my family is still getting their seatbelts, you know, off, getting out. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I'll tell my kids like, hurry up, hurry up. And I remember one of the kids, I don't remember who it was, they were like, Why? And it just stopped me dead in my tracks. I had no reason why I was in a hurry. I was just in a hurry. Like, let's just, we're, we're what, it's just, let's go. Let's move faster. And so I feel like patience is something that I'm just constantly praying for. But reading this passage, it just, it makes me realize that the nature of Christianity is, is, is a relationship with God, is a journey that requires great endurance and patience. Great endurance and patience, which means that if you do not feel like you are as far along as you want to be, well, join the club because Christianity requires great endurance and patience. What we're going to do this morning uh, is a little bit different because um, we are going to talk a little bit about the trip that we took. And I know for some of you, you hear that and you're like, oh, great, why did I go to church this morning if they're going to talk about some mission trip that I don't care about? Well, I need, I need you to know that you should care about it. Because uh, you are helping shape not only the, the people that are going on the trip that you're helping send down, but the people that they're impacting and they're in, uh, affecting. So you get to participate in a work that is global, that is international. And, and for those of you that don't know, I'll just tell you that, uh, that, that every year our, our church sends down you know, about 30 people 
to Ciudad de Angeles in Cozumel, Mexico. And I usually bury the Cozumel part when I'm talking about the mission trip because when you say you're going to Cozumel on a mission trip, people are like, oh, really? <laughs> really? Can I fundraise for my uh, mission trip to Hawaii? You know, is that okay? Uh, but what we're going to tell you a little bit is why it truly is a mission trip and, uh, and what kind of the nature. And I've talked about this before, so I'm going to have a couple other people uh, share with, with you about that. But the, the thing that I need you to do is kind of like pull back and understand the larger picture of what God is doing with us, through us, with this church and with our, our students that we, uh, that we take. The way that God is forming us into disciples. And then we're going to kind of wrap up the morning with the application for you. You may not have gone on the trip. Maybe you didn't even give any money. Maybe you're like, I'm not sending any kid on any mission trip. They don't need that, you know, whatever. Maybe you didn't, but you need to know the way that God can form you through some of the things that we've experienced. So even if you weren't on the trip, even if you didn't participate, we're going to encourage you to do that a little bit, but how God is forming you through some of these things that other people are experiencing. Mike Ward, come up, one of our deacons, he's also a board member uh, for the organization, and he's going to talk about kind of the relationships, and then I'll wrap us up at the end. Ciudad de Annelies is a children's home. It's a children's home that takes in and provides a safe and healthy environment for, with, uh, with Christian principles. And these are for orphaned children, children who are abandoned, abused, needy children living in Mexico. The home raises the children to become Christian adults who are responsible citizens in their local community. So the idea isn't to get them and bring them back here. The idea is to raise Christian responsible citizens there affecting their own community. This is so important. We have to keep in mind what this ki these kids' life might have been without us, without people like us involved. These kids likely would be those kids that are digging through trash piles, looking for food, looking for their next meal. When you see these kids and see them in the pictures with some of them that you see here, it's amazing what these kids, the environment they're living in, the love and the care and support they have through this organization. This organization is funded by individuals all around the world, all around the U.S., but also through anchor congregations, of which Woodbury is an anchor congregation. So Patrick was being a little humble, saying I'm a board member. Patrick is also. So Woodbury actually has two board members helping direct this organization. A lot of influence. Um, with that in mind, I guess, I, I kind of want to keep this in mind that this is not simply a mission trip for us. This is a mission. This is a mission field that we are working with constantly. And more than a mission, these are our church family, right? These are kids who are being raised in the church trying to understand that, what's this mean to me? What does God mean to me? And they ask those questions all the time. They want to understand better what this means for them in their life. And guess what? They struggle with things in their life just like we struggle with ours. And these kids over here can tell you we have good, good Christian conversations with them about how to direct their lives and share in our lives the struggles we've had so that we can help them grow also. So it's amazing Again, when we talk about work, and I'll get into that just a little bit with what we do there, but the work that these kids are doing in sharing their faith, it is so, so important to this group here. So as an anchor congregation, there are, there are 12 board of director members, and, and uh, they're from Texas, Georgia, Colorado, Tennessee, Oklahoma. We're very well represented across the U.S. Um, great work is really being done by that board. Uh, we really work on fiscal responsibility, and our goal 
is the lives of those kids, changing the lives of those kids in any way possible. So what does that mean? It's a, it's a financial, it's a physical responsibility that we have. It's way more the physical than the financial. Financial is always a need. These kids need us. They need our influence. They need trips like ours coming down. They need you coming down. Take a family vacation. Take a cruise. Stop in. See what it's all about. Take a tour there. You will be moved. If you're not moved, come back and see me because we need to talk. With that, um, some of the things that are available to, you know, we've kept this kind of as a, a youth trip over the years. Does that mean there's no opportunity for anybody else? Absolutely not. There are winter construction trips, and guess what? You don't have to know construction. Paul will be the first to tell you that uh, they were looking for people with some fine, finely tuned skills, and Paul said, that's not me, and we found jobs for him anyway. So um, with that, just keep in mind, we can use anybody in there's so much that needs to be done there, down there all the time. But it's beyond that. It's, it's providing letters of support. Paul talked about the house parents. Probably one of the most thankless jobs in that organization. These parents are in there day in and day out. Keep in mind, these kids are not kids who have had great backgrounds. So there's psychological issues or things like that that these kids struggle with. These parents see way more than even I know on a day-to-day -day basis. And yet they hang in there and they parent these kids just like their own family. So we can provide letters of support as a congregation. We can, we can find ways to encourage them. They're, most of them are on social media. Get to know them that way. There's Google Translate's an awesome tool because I'm not great at, at Spanish, but yet I'm able to communicate with them through all this. Beyond that, I said there's a financial responsibility, and, and Woodbury has accepted that as an anchor congregation, but guess what, church? We can do so much more. We can do so much more, and one of the things that I'm, I've been talking to a few of you about is doing another fundraiser, and I don't want to continue to come back to this church and say, hey, please give more, please give more. If you're willing, great. I want to go outside this church, because we all have connections outside of this, and again, we could bring the director up here. He could share stories, and, and I have not sat through one yet where I'm not moved in a different way of what happens down in this organization. So just keep in mind there's a lot more that we can do without con continuing just to reach into our own wallets. We all have a network, a connection that we can use and really affect the lives of these kids. This organization, as Paul said, we've been involved for 12 years. Um, the passion of mine, there was, a church, there was a picture up there just a bit ago. You've got Anahi and, and Gauchi and Abby. You look at these kids that we've had there over the years, and it amazes me. Every year, these kids are brought to tears when we leave. I've seen stoic young boys who have had so much hardship in their lives, they're not about to break down and let anybody crack that shell. And he was standing in a pizzeria, I guess is the best way to call it with us crying, sobbing as we were leaving. These are kids that are moved by this group right here. These are kids that move me. And I just want you to know the great work that's being done there. So with that, I want to I talk to you just a little bit about the stay, what we did. Paul kind of mentioned it. Yeah, the work is hard. But these kids smile through it every time. These kids are amazing. Somebody asked me, I had one of my employees asked me one in the middle of the week because I had some stuff going on, and, and he said, well, what are you doing? So I sent him a picture of the jungle, and I sent him a picture of the wall. This is a concrete wall that we're painting. 
He said, what's it like? I said, it's like painting a Rice Krispie bar inside of an oven that's turned on. <laughs> and asked Paul, I don't believe I'm too far off from the truth there. <laughs> it bakes onto the wall as you put it on there. So it's kind of an interesting uh, phenomenon. But as Paul said, we cut back plants. We, we painted, we replaced screens, we prepped the roofs of houses for bleaching, we moved rocks, just anything that's needed. Those are all good. They help the kids with their place to stay. But the most important is the relationships that are being formed. These relationships that these kids are having, that adults now, I look around the room and several of you have been there. You can stay connected to these kids. And guess what, guys? They need us connected. They need to see us living our lives and Christian lives. They are so happy when they see somebody come down from a cruise ship and stop in for a day that they know. It just makes their day. It's kind of... I liken it to a phone call from a grandparent when you were younger or a visit from a distant relative. You're always kind of excited. We are their family. The house parents come and go. The directors come and go. The families and the people down there, we are the constant. We are the church family, and it cannot get any more biblical than that for me. So thank you for your support over the years. I hope it continues, and I, I look for so much more from this church on that. All right, so I, uh, I want to wrap this up by talking about what this means to you. You may never go. It is 90 degrees, uh, 90% humidity, and you are in the direct sunlight all day. And some of you are like, I would die. And you might. You might die. That's possible. It's, they have hospitals, but you might happen. Well, we, uh, I just, and I do want to say, too, we haven't got any kids injured. It's only been chaperones, so the kids are fine. We're keeping your kids safe. Even if we can't keep the chaperones safe, they're, they're fine. They have insurance. Um, but I, I, and I'm not necessarily trying to discourage anybody from going on the trip. It's nothing like that. It's just the idea that uh, it, is, it is work. It is work. Um, but here's what this means to you. And, and I don't know if you've ever uh, had this conversation. Alex and Abigail are going to have this conversation in about... Five years uh, with a kid as they strap them in the back seat of a car and they head out on a road trip. And that kid is going to ask the classic question that every child, it's, it's just, it's, it's baked into their DNA to ask this question about 60 seconds after the trip starts. And it's, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I think the reason the kids ask that is they just want to know, like, where are we going? What's going on? How do we measure the distance? My parents told me that they strapped me in the back seat of a car. You know, this is before you had to have, like, uh, car safety seats. You know, I don't even know if they strapped me in. Because back when I was a kid, you could just wander around, lay on the back dashboard, lay on the front dashboard, stand behind your dad as he was driving, work the pedals, whatever. It just, everything, everything went. When I, when I was a kid, and I, I, uh, I, we were on our way to New York City to see some aunts and uncles and grandparents, and we didn't even get out of city limits, and I was like, well, are we there yet? And they're like, no, we've got days, like days. Now, this was back in the 1920s, and the speed limit was like 30 miles an hour. <laughs> we've got days to go. Are we there yet? And so what I, what I want you to do, though, as a church is I want you to think about this question, like, because it is so easy as a church, it's so easy as a Christian to get discouraged and to wonder, like, why, why aren't I there yet? Why aren't we there yet? Why isn't the church what I want it to be? Why am I not what I want to be? Why aren't the people around me what I want them to be? It's easy to be like, where, where are we going? Why aren't we there yet? And I want you to know that spirituality, Christianity, discipleship is not a sprint. 
It's a marathon and so many of us are in the first leg of this thing and we're just like frustrated that there's so much more to go. Like where, where's the finish line? And there's, that's, why, that's why Paul prays for this church to say have patient endurance. Patient endurance. I want to show you a picture, and I'm going to use this as an illustration. Um, this, is, uh, this is the boys hauling rock. Now, if you talk about, I mean, painting is a thankless job. I mean, they're, they're really all tough jobs, but putting rocks in a wheelbarrow and hauling them, you know, 90 yards away or whatever it was in the direct sunlight, it's hot, it's hard. As you can see, this is actually good because those of you that have been on the trip before, you see the wheelbarrow that fell over? And all the rocks fell out on the ground and you got to pick the rocks back up again and put it back in and carry it, you know, and the handles are hot and your, glo- your hands are sore and you're, you know, you're getting calluses, whether or not you have gloves. But this is like, it's like hard work and rock by rock. Here, here's the next picture. This is, um, uh, this is one of the youth group kids. Uh, this is Gregory hauling rock. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by the look on his face, but Gregory's kind of done hauling rock. Like he's just done. He's going to do it. But he's done. He's, he's ready to be done. And there's, uh, there's Luke Countryman behind him. Some of you know uh, him. And they're, they're doing this all, all day. We're all day. We're doing it for four hours a day. It feels like weeks. But we're doing it again and again and again. You're loading up rock. You're looking out for tarantulas. You're taking the rock. And then you're putting it in some other part of the yard. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes you're like, are they just making up work for us to do? Are they like... These crazy gringos come down here and we're going to make them move rock and then the next team's going to come down and they're going to move all that rock back over here and it's awesome, you know. You, you, you just wonder, it's like, is there just some sort of cosmic joke being played here, you know, on us? But here's, here's what happens and here's what happens when you go down week after week or year after year and you see uh, what is happening. What you see is where, what, see, now this is our team, but if you look at all around you, you see that grass All that grass started out as dirt and somebody had to haul rock and put rock on the ground and then put gravel on the ground and then they had to go find dirt. Dirt is so hard. I believe it or not, it's hard to find on the island. It's hard to to get. And then they had to put dirt down and they put sod down and rock after rock after rock eventually turned into a yard. That's That's what happened. But it took... Someone not being willing to say, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done, but being able, being willing to put in one after another, rock after another, into a wheelbarrow until it could be turned into a yard. What a, what a perfect example of discipleship. Discipleship sometimes feels like putting rocks in a wheelbarrow, one after another. Why am I doing this? What has God got going on? Why isn't God answering my prayers? Where are we headed? What's going on? Are we there yet? And God has a grand plan, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And that's why Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. So those of you that sometimes feel like, well, where are, what are we doing? What's going on? Why? I feel like we're just spinning our wheels. I feel like we're just like wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow. Like, why are we doing this? It's because God's got this grand plan in place, and we're part of it. We're playing a role. We're, we're, we're a, a required piece. But it takes that sort of great endurance to turn that pile of dirt, that pile of rock, into a yard where kids can play. 
And it takes great endurance for God to turn you from what you were into something better. It takes great endurance. And you know what? The crazy thing is sometimes we're working against him as he tries to shape and form us. Sometimes we're like pulling away. But it takes great endurance. So when you're discouraged about your own walk or when you're discouraged about others around you or when you're discouraged about the church, understand that we are in a long journey on a narrow road and that, that we, we have to pray, we have to develop, we have to strengthen ourselves with great endurance and patience. And so I want to wrap up by saying this. Discipleship isn't only measured by progress. And whatever, this is the struggle because we like to just fit whatever we want into that idea of what progress is. It's not just progress. It's measured by perseverance. And the question for us as Christians is, do, is, do we have that perseverance to continue to put rocks in a wheelbarrow until God does something beautiful and turns it into something amazing. Discipleship isn't only measured by progress, but perseverance. Am I being faithful? Am I enduring? So you may never go down to Mexico, or if you do, you may never go where we go, and you may never haul rock, but you can be part of God shaping the lives of our, our teens or the teens and the kids in Mexico. You can be a part. You can put rocks in a wheelbarrow. And so 20 years from now, you can look and you can say, well, I, I helped do that. I helped, I helped with that. I mean, God gets the credit, but I, I did a couple wheelbarrow fulls of rock. I did a couple coats of paint. I helped do that because there is something big and grand that God has going on, but it requires perseverance, endurance, and patience. Let's pray. Um, and we'll be dismissed. But we're going to do something just a little different. I know you're ready for the signal. I'm, first of all, I'm going to do two things. One, I want you to raise your hand. You don't have to stand if you've ever been on the Mexico mission trip. I'm curious in the room. Wow, that's awesome. Very, very cool. All right, this is what I want. I want everybody, if you would, I didn't give you any warning, would everybody that came on the mission trip this year come up on stage? We want to give God thanks for his, uh, his protection uh, everything that he was able to do through this group. I know some of them aren't even here because they're off serving elsewhere, but I want everybody that is able to be here, uh, and I know there's a lot of you that have been in, in the past but aren't here today. That's a weird thing to say, but... All right, come on up, come on up. Corrine was on the mission trip, but... Uh, oh, she's not coming up. All right. You know, I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to say a word of prayer and thank, uh, thank God for his uh, protection and his provision, and then we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful uh, to you. We're grateful for the work that you give us to do, God, and it is sometimes hard. It is sometimes difficult, uh, but we know you've tasked us to do it because through your power we can. Uh, so, God, whether it's moving rocks or painting walls in Mexico or whether it's talking to a neighbor about our faith, or whether it's digging deep and being generous to, to help fund uh, some need that we have that we know of. Uh, Lord, we know we can do those difficult things because of your help. God, we thank you for this, uh, this group, uh, this team up here on stage. We thank you for keeping us safe uh, and keeping us uh, together, that no one got lost or uh, had any difficulty. Uh, but God, we pray uh, for our ongoing relationship with Ciudad de Andales. God, we also pray for our church. We just pray that you would give us a mission. You would continue to help us be focused on what it means to be a disciple and to develop disciples in those around us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.